Welcome to our special edition Leadership Lessons CPHI podcast series, created for the CPHI Festival of Pharma, the world's largest virtual gathering for the pharmaceutical industry. Where over 10 days, the global pharma industry will meet, network, partner, and learn virtually in an expo environment. Now, more than ever, effective leadership in pharma is crucial to safeguard teams, ensure continuity of production and supply, and ultimately deliver medicines to patients. In this Leadership Lessons podcast series, sponsored by Roquette, we tackle a variety of challenges facing today's pharma leaders. Hello and welcome to the CPHI podcast and here we are well into the second week of our Festival of Pharma virtual event where we bring into sharp focus the current issues affecting global pharma supply chains. Gareth Carpenter, farmer editor here at Informer Markets, and in today's session, we're going to take a look at what prompted two ambitious and driven pharmaceutical executives to launch their own company in the complex and competitive world of oncology treatments. Now, the pharmaceutical and biotech industries are honing in on new treatments for cancer, an increasingly complex disease area. According to US Pharma Industry Group, the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, Cancer is not a singular condition, but rather a collection of diseases, each with unique characteristics and features. So opportunities for innovation are continually arising, particularly when it comes to providing better targeted, more effective treatment options where existing treatments are suboptimal for the target patients. So it's against this backdrop that Irish startup Shawla Pharma has emerged. The company was established in 2018 and was the winner of the overall award at Ireland's Best Young Entrepreneur competition just a year later. Leadership Lessons brought to you by CPHI Podcast Series and in partnership with Rocket. Now I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Orla Ryan and Sharon Cunningham, co-founders of Shawla Pharma. Now, I'm dying to ask you both what drove you to leave the relative stability of full-time employment with a pharma multinational to embark on this, well, huge challenge of creating a female-led startup focusing on developing drugs to treat rare orphan and paediatric cancers. But before we go into that, as well as all the exciting things going on at Shaw as well, could you both tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and before you started the company? Absolutely. So Orla and I worked together previously at Airgen Pharma in Ireland before co-founding Shorla Pharma. Shorla is a combination of both our first names. I led the finance function at Airgen Pharma for seven years, while Orla was in charge of regulatory and clinical affairs. I'm a chartered accountant by profession with a degree in finance and an MBA. When Airgen Pharma was acquired by a US multinational Opco Health Inc. in 2015, Orla and I decided to set up our own company. We spent two years researching and preparing the business plan before starting Shorla in January of 2018. We're like-minded individuals, but we have a complementary skill set. I bring the finance and lead the fundraising and commercialization activities, having previous experience in equity and debt financing and M&A in the pharmaceutical sector. Over to you, Orla. Thanks, Sharon. 
So I bring the science leading the product development programs and supply chain activities. And how I arrived there was really having worked in product development, regulation and compliance as a chartered scientist and a biochemist with a master's in regulatory affairs. So extremely fortunate to be part of the previous company we worked for from the very early days. And really, we gained invaluable experience on how to start and grow a company. And that gave us the fundamental tools and experience to take the next step. And really such a fast paced, results driven environment was exactly the place where we felt comfortable and we were confident in. Okay, so identifying that opportunity and building a startup in any industry is a challenge, but I imagine the complexities of doing so in one of the most, well, complex disease areas in the pharma industry itself, that only exacerbates that challenge. So what would you say were your prime motivations for leaving the relatively secure employment in the industry that you had previously to set out and go it alone? We identified an unmet need. We both share a passion for improving paediatric and women's health, especially for those who are affected by rare cancers and they're often overlooked by the market. Secondly, we wanted autonomy. We were ready to take ownership of the product development process from start to finish. And we had the confidence to take on the responsibility that came with that from our backgrounds. And finally, with several years of experience at Airgen Pharma, witnessing that company grow and succeed That gave us all the inspiration and confidence that we needed. We spent considerable time planning and developing our business plan with a clear product strategy and a well-defined value proposition. We backed this up with robust financial projections based on realistic assumptions and a go-to-market strategy. And then we surrounded ourselves with people with the necessary skills and experience and an industry network to ensure our ideas got the required funding and are developed and commercialised. And that's great. So from a technical perspective, I think all of you can uh, fill us in here. What are the prime considerations when it comes to planning a life sciences startup? I can't begin to imagine how complicated it must be. Does it start with an initial vision which you then proceed to build around? Great question, Gareth. And of course, you have to be visionary. But really having a clear product development strategy and a plan to execute it is critical. So for us, we needed to ensure collaboration with the right partners and that they too understood our vision. In addition, having a clear regulatory pathway to ensure the products can get to market is key. So we see high barriers to entry as an opportunity. We address unmet needs and incorporate novel changes into our product developments. This ensures we can protect our products via IP and regulatory exclusivity. So we applied our expertise and leveraged our network to focus on existing active substances, but incorporating those novel changes to ultimately create differentiated products in areas of unmet need. This has been an extremely effective strategy for our initial product pipeline and has de-risked the process. So as the company grows, we will expand our pipeline and technologies. So really to conclude on that, I would say it's extremely important to have a strategy if you want a life science startup company to have success. Okay, so yeah, I mean, as you say, you're developing these novel and innovative formulations of existing treatments. Is there any reason why you specifically decided to target treatments for rare orphan and paediatric cancers? 
This is Sharon. So in our discussions with clinicians, key opinion leaders, and as well as leading oncology groups, we learned that women and children affected by rare cancers are often smaller patient populations that can be easily overlooked. So this is a clear unmet need and an opportunity for us to address underserved markets, apply regulatory strategies and incentives and obtain market exclusivity. So that's why we decided to focus on those particular areas. Roquette is recognised as a global leader in plant-based ingredients, plant proteins and a provider of pharmaceutical excipients. We address the current and future societal challenges by looking at the potential of nature to offer the best ingredients for food, nutrition and health to enable healthier lifestyles and critical components to life-saving medicines. The team at Roquette is committed to leading as a technology partner and trusted supplier all over the world whilst providing innovative and high-quality technical support. For more about us and how we want to unlock healthier futures, visit www.roquette.com forward slash pharma. I guess this is a question that pharma companies get asked all the time, but what can we expect to see coming out of the Shawler pipeline in the future? Do you have any products close to FDA approval? Yes, our pipeline is advancing well and we've reached all key milestones to date. So we're on track to submit our first application to FDA by the end of this year. And that's for SH111. SH105 will follow next year and we will initiate our clinical trial for SH110 early next year. So this advanced pipeline really comprises of products which will deliver a significant clinical impact to cancer patients. And to just maybe give a brief overview on each one, because of their importance, SH111 is a sterile injectable solution that will treat children and adults with leukemia, often in shortage. So we'll bring a reliable, sustainable source of this life-saving drug to market. SH105 then is a ready-to-dilute sterile presentation that will treat breast and ovarian cancer patients. It's of particular importance because it's reducing both the resource and time burden of treatment preparation that will ultimately reduce the cost to the patient. Finally, SH110 is a palatable oral solution of a brain cancer drug. So this will improve patient administration, ensure a safer way of administering, particularly to children and dysphagic patients who can often have difficulty swallowing currently available treatments. So we will commence dosing of this product in a patient trial next year. So we've lots of products under development that we're extremely excited about and all will take on existing active substances but have novel changes associated with them to ultimately improve patient care and create value. OK, so it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate going forward. But as we know, um, you know, any kind of enterprise is not always going to be plain sailing. Can I ask you what for you has proven to be the biggest obstacle on this journey so far and, and how did you manage to overcome it? Sure, and it's a great question we're often asked. What I would say is for every obstacle, there is always a solution. However, being agile and embracing change has been something we had to become accustomed to quite early on. 
startups in particular do not have the luxury of time. So if a product is not achieving the results you want, take it as a sign and move on. As I said, we learned that very early on. So if something isn't working in a particular way, make a decision and change. So while it can be an obstacle, you know, a challenge, there is a way of overcoming it, but you need to make hard decisions fast. Sure, sure. You've recently managed to secure, I think, 8.3 million US dollars of venture capital funding from Soroba. As we know, securing venture capital investment is unfortunately something you know quite difficult for companies with women founders to achieve. Why do you think that is? Yes, Gareth, and you're correct. We were delighted to secure our $8.3 million Series A round recently, particularly since we closed right in the midst of the pandemic. And unfortunately, you are right. The statistics show that female-led startups get much less venture capital investment than their male counterparts. However, the reality is that there are far less women seeking investment So I think the problem is not that women are being overlooked for investment. It's that there are not enough women coming forward with their ideas. Orla and I never saw being female entrepreneurs as an obstacle. In fact, the opposite on the basis that we tend to stand out from the crowd by being in the minority. The fact that we were female entrepreneurs didn't matter to our investors either. They recognised the competitive advantage. They were extremely impressed by the value we had created on limited resources. And they saw our passion and ambition as founders. I'm sure there's lots of women out there in life sciences who have ideas and might want to act upon them. What advice would you give to any who are thinking about taking the course that you've taken and setting up their own company in the sector? Of course. So I have three tips that I would routinely quote for female executives thinking about embarking on their own entrepreneurial journey. And first would be mentoring, identifying an informal and confidential mentor that you trust and admire early in your career and not being afraid to ask for help when you need it. You'll be very surprised at how willing successful people are to help you when you ask for it. Secondly, I would say branding. And this is really important. You need to be really conscious of your brand, both the company or the product brand but also your own personal brand as an individual. People form relationships and do business with people. They don't do business with companies. Identify what makes you unique and stand out from the crowd and embrace it every single day. Finally, network. Never, ever underestimate the power of your network. Take the time it deserves to grow it and engage with it consistently your connections will open endless doors for you and strong relationships are key to future opportunities. And that has been very true for Orla and I since we started Shorla Pharma. Okay, and I've just got one final question for you both. Has the Shorla vision evolved and changed from the original version? I mean, in other words, do the goals that you set yourself at the start remain the same or are you now finding new opportunities to explore? Yeah, so this is Orla Gareth. I might take this one In summary, our vision as a company has certainly evolved over time. However, our goals have remained consistent to ultimately deliver novel, affordable and accessible treatments to patients in need. We are often presented with new opportunities to explore and we do have some very exciting products that will be introduced to our pipeline over the coming years. Orla, Sharon, thank you both very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. 
No problem. Thank you, Gareth. Thanks, Gareth. That's it for today's podcast, part of our Festival of Pharma, bringing the global pharmaceutical industry to you. Please do tune in to our next podcast. Until then, thanks very much for listening, and we wish you all a pleasant day ahead. You're listening to Leadership Lessons by the CPHI podcast series, and in partnership with Rocket. Thank you.